and welcome to another edition of The Life of Brian and Adam. Um, but Brian is off having another life at the moment. I don't know where he is. I couldn't find him this week, unfortunately. So I thought, I want to keep it going. The continuity is important with a podcast. Do we want someone with, say, the same initials? So, yeah, I thought same initials, um, Brian Ferry, Bernard Fanning, probably not suiting the genre too much. Brad Fittler, too weird. Ben Fordham. I'm uh, not sure he's too busy with his radio show. So, Brett Finch, BF, how Thank are you? Thank you. Well, it's, it's never great when you when you look at your future and you think I'm following a man like Fletch. That's where I'm, <laughs> that's where I'm positioned here at Fox Sports. They see me following him. So, uh, the future doesn't seem very bright, but he's a great man and hopefully I can do him justice as he's... What's he looking after the girls today on school holidays? I seriously don't know where he's on. On another holiday? That. I don't know. He said something about Canberra. Or he has he had a big weekend and no one's found him <laughs> since Saturday night. Who knows? He could be anywhere. <laughs> Who knows? I mean... Cathedral in France <laughs> burned out. We, we can't rule that it out. Could be a culprit. Exactly. Anyway, it's, it has been another big seven days, and we'll talk a little bit about rugby league and a little bit about life. As yep. Touch on as much as either subject as we want yep. to, Finchie. But uh, start with Greg Inglis. Obviously, a mate of yours because you know him from the Melbourne days. Um, amazing, amazing career. I guess yep. you want to pay tribute first before we tell some stories about him. Yeah, a good mate of mine and uh, just an absolute champion player. The, the word champion gets used a lot in sport, but. Um, what he achieved on the footy field from from such a young age, the, the funny thing is he used to the Australian captain six months ago, you know. Mm. And if they, if he's fit, I know he's injured at the moment. If he was fit, he's first picked in an Australian team, you know. And but I guess for champions, when you're used to a certain ex- expectation of yourself, and if you can't continue to deliver that, it's, it's time to walk away. I just look at his career. He's won a golden boot for best player in the world at uh, centre. Won Wally Lewis medal at centre. He's won a Clive Churchill medal at five eight. He's won the Dalian fullback two or three times. <laughs> you know, he's won the international fullback of the year. Like any position he's played, he's dominated. He's probably the most complete footballer mm. we've ever seen uh, to dominate any position. Um, fantastic player, an absolute, an absolute great bloke. To real down to earth and humble guy, and um, you know, come into Melbourne at eighteen and, and achieved everything. Now, I think he debuted in 2005 and he was playing for Australia in 2006. Mm. Amazing career. Such a big game player. I've got so many great memories of him on and off the field. He was, he was a great clubman as well. You know, a lot of champions sort of sometimes they're harder to relate to because you know, yeah. they're in the spotlight. And whatnot, but he was, he was as good a teammate as you could ask for. He was terrific to hang around and enjoyed plenty of beers and celebrations <laughs> with him after some big games. And he retired at the right time because he, he played all those positions yeah. that in the backs, he, he was going to end up in the forwards, wasn't he? So before he before he it's ended not up, that silly. <laughs> he got out, got out in time. Um, you you got some good away yeah. uh, from football stories yeah. about the guy. Probably the best, actually, first the best football story I have. I remember in two thousand and nine, we win our last game, home game against the Roosters. We go to New Zealand for the last uh, competition game, regular season game. We have to win this to lock in full spot, top four spot. Anyway, it's a close game over there. There's not much opportunity to shift the ball. And, and we score a couple of late tries before half-time. It's 12-0. So we uh, broke their backs a bit just before half-time. But it was a real arm wrestle. We come out, come out after half-time and me and G.I. were on the left side together. And G.I. goes to me, mate, I'm so sorry. I'll make up for it. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I'll make up for it. He goes, I didn't get no involvement that half. I said, mate, that's it's just the way the game went. There wasn't much, in, you know, mm. there wasn't much opportunity to shift the ball. It was a real arm wrestle. I said, don't be silly, mate. It's... Yeah, it just didn't come our way. It will come this second half. Don't, you, know, you don't know me anything. You don't know mm. the team. He didn't doesn't know the team anything. Anyway, we kick off to them. They have their set of six, first set of the game. Then they kick it down. B 
Billy Slater runs the ball back. He gets tackled about 20 metres out from our line. G.I. gets into dummy half. Palms off the um, first marker. Runs at A defender. Steamrolls the A defender. Then runs 80 metres and scores in the quarter. I went up and said, yeah, you, you made up for it. Well done. <laughs> but his ability just to, well, we need something or Give I want to score a try. I have never seen that with any other player. Latrell mm. Mitchell has a bit of it in him, and that's why he's compared to GI. But uh, in the grand final, we were pretty comfortable in 2009. Parramatta scored it to get us a bit edgy, and he just catches a bomb and scores under the post, mm. put us back out. And then with a the game on the line, he kicks a field goal with his shin. It was the worst-looking field goal I've ever seen. <laughs> but he comes off the left edge and yeah. just pushed me out of the way and said, I've got it. Amazing big game player, champion player, and just had an unbelievable knack of, you know, if the game's on the line. Give me the ball. I'll and, come up with a big play. And he, he was willing to help people as well. Um, I got a. This is my favourite Greg Inglis story. That uh, we were at a function one night myself, him, and uh, Sam Burgess. It was a Foxtel function, so big deal in front of all these salespeople. And you know, you have got to make a good presentation to yourself. And um, th- there would have been like five hundred people there. They'd, they'd had a couple, so it was a bit rowdy. But you know, you, you still want to do the right thing. And we're standing up there, and I'm going through. Okay, what am I going to ask him? What am I going to ask him? I was just about just about to walk out on stage, and um, Inglis. Touch me on the shoulder and he says, hey, buddy, might want to do up your fly. So, if, <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> what a guy. If that was me, there'd be no way I'd be telling you. Yeah, he was, he was trippy. Yeah, and I think when you're – and there's plenty of people who have experienced this. JT um, would have gone through it. When you're an Indigenous, come from an Indigenous community, hmm. there's added pressure to be a role model in, in that sense or take her on a greater uh, role in the community. And he embraced that, you know. Sometimes playing footy's hard enough, and, mm. but – you know, he, he embraced uh, going out to Indigenous communities and, and being a role model for, for the Indigenous community. And, um, you know, we're talking about one of the greatest players ever. You mm. know, wherever he played, he dominated. He was such a good player to play with. And I, I remember why I sort of come down to Melbourne was because of Greg. Mm. Why I got a start was because Greg. Greg was playing 5-8. Craig wanted him to play centre. And Cooper was the right side half. Greg was left side. And they struggled. Cooper was really dominant over the, the younger half mm. who was who was playing 5-8. So G.I. wasn't getting enough ball. I left Parramatta and I was quite at the back end of my career. So he uh, Belliak knew I'd you know, caught, get the ball for Greg. And he just said, man, I need you to get G.I. the ball. Not too many dummies? No dummies at all. It was the quickest <laughs> catch and pass you've ever seen. The best thing was at the end of the year, Gungizio had a great year. Well, all I did, I'd catch and pass the GI. He'd beat eight people and I'd get a try assist. Like, and all of a sudden, I'm a great player. It's like, how good you going in Melbourne? I couldn't pass the GI. I, I'd go nowhere near the defence line. He'd beat eight. Like, half the time, it'd be a bounce pass or it'd be at his feet. It'd be a shit pass. And GI would pick it up and beat eight blokes and score, and I'd get the try assist. Thank you. It was so good to play alongside. And then, if anyone, and no one would come down our age defensively because. They didn't want to go near GI. Usually I'm a massive spot, but GI defensively sent them all the other way. So um, what, a, what a champion player. Befo- dominated every level. Yeah. You know, regular season, semis, grand finals, origins, test matches. Any level of footy he played, he, he absolutely dominated. And, you know, he was, he was a massive part of that South Sydney. You know, mm. he turned, helped turn South Sydney around with Semi Burgess and Madge. And, yeah. And you know, they, they hadn't won anything in 50 years. You know, and, and he'll have that piece of history as well. So, um, what a career, what a bloke. Now the easy bit, retirement. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? You know, um, I, I'm, I struggle for five years. You know, I still struggle with stuff. Yeah. You know, six, seven years on. What the hot, like just because you can't replicate Well, the... your life's lit. And, and same thing with Greg, you live your life at a different level. You know, Adrenaline and... Well, 
Most blokes go, and this is not the work all day and they're at the pub, that's the end of their week. They're end of their week, they're playing in front of 20,000, you know. You, mm. you know, you have a bad day, you're on the back page of the paper. Not too many jobs, if you have a bad day at work, you're getting hammered. You know, it's just that whole, how you experience with women, you experience with money, nightlife, fucking rockets. Mm. They've had that since he's 17, 18. Um, and I, that's where I struggle for. Yes, I struggle for um, any sense of uh, achievement and, Mm. You know, I know a lot of people said, mate, go watch the sunrise at Bondi, like, you know, coming up on, on the morning. I go down there and I go, this is it. Like, <laughs> really? This is the people get a kick out of this, watching the sunrise? Like, I do. Yeah. Well, Not at Bondi. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe up Northern Beaches. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's so – it just takes time. you got yeah. to – and I think that – if any advice I'd give him, yeah, it, it's normal to feel uncomfortable. It's normal not to get any satisfaction out of anything you do. It's normal to struggle. It's normal to mm. be lost, you know. And I think the more athletes talk about that and where, look, it is going to take time. You know, you've lived your life a certain way, you know. Yeah. How you got your thrills, your highs, your lows, you're not going to get them in life anymore. And I think mm. once I got the realisation that winning a game and then highs you get before, adrenaline before you go out and play a game, you're not yeah. going to get that anymore. Nice. No, no. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, well, you, you know. You take out skydiving or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, we don't want to do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it takes a little while, but, um, you know, hopefully he handles that well because it is tough because he's been a superstar since day one he stepped mm. into the competition. Everyone chooses a different path in life. Israel Folau certainly chose mm. a uh, distinct path. Um, I'm just – Blown away by this story that um, it, it, on it goes. I'm, well, you're I'm, in amongst those the rugby boys. What's their feelings? You, uh, you speak to those boys more than most. The, or the past players, the legends. Where, where are they at with it? Yeah, they're they're like oh, he's been given a chance, and it was a it wasn't a final warning, but it was like a pretty stern "Don't do that again." And he's come out and don't do that again. Like I've got no problem with Israel Folau saying those things if he if he genuinely believes them. Okay, I just choose to ignore them now. Andrew Webster wrote a really good piece in the Sydney Morning Herald yeah. to say that. Like he he's obviously a gay yeah. man. He great he, bloke, Webby. Yeah, he's at his age now. He's mature and everything. He's okay with it now. But he said the seventeen year old in me, or when I was seventeen, I would have taken great offence or been confused by something like that. So I, I think Rugby Australia had to had to do what yeah. it had to do. What, I don't understand. Whatever you believe, what do you get out of it? I don't. I, it's like, but that's a, that people believe that's fine. It's like people have different yeah. beliefs on religion. People have different beliefs on colour of skin, countries you live in. You know all mm. that sort of stuff. Race, sex. It's every, I, I got nothing against. That's what you believe. It. That's fine. But why, yeah. I don't see why. No. Surely he knows that's the reaction he was going to get. Yeah, I think he's actually a bit sheltered from that. Yeah. Like he thought, no, I'm going to say what I believe, and yeah, it's. I mean, the, the good thing is, in the last 24 hours, he's got um, a really good uh, reference from John Hopewati. Um, oh, agreeing with him. Help. So, <laughs> if you're going to get a reference from someone, you should probably tap Hopper. Thanks for the support, Hopper. <laughs> but Dave, <laughs> if you don't come out publicly, it'll probably help me. A bit. But how, with all due respect to rugby league, but obviously the rugby league players have had their off-field issues mm. um, over the past. Oh, it's going on two decades now. That's become real, real serious oh, focus. Going on hundred years. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how are you going if you, rugby league turns yeah. around and says no, we don't I, want I you? I think it's where, well, rugby league shouldn't have commented in the first place. Really. I just think, well, it's not a rugby league issue. Yeah. You know? Oh, but they're, they're obviously the link would be, oh, he's going to come back and play well, rugby but league. But well, that's well, until he does or until he knocks on the door, we don't need to comment. It's not a rugby league issue. The thing rugby league gets itself in trouble for is we've let criminals back into the game. Mm. We've let people who have committed crimes, who have been in jail, come back into the game. Last time I checked, Israel Farah didn't commit a crime. Mm. I don't agree for one bit with what he's saying. But he has the right to say what he wants. And that's the problem. 
Now, there's clubs can choose not to sign him, mm. but for the game to say you're not allowed, I don't think they can do that because we've let people back in with domestic violence who've, you know, the list goes on with sexual assault. Indiscretions, yeah, yeah. That uh, have been seen to break the law. You know, it's a criminal offence. So that's where we've set a precedent in the past where he actually hasn't committed a crime. I certainly, I think what he said, I certainly don't agree with or condone, but mm. um, again, I don't see how many clubs would want to be putting their hand up, but um, I'm not too sure. The NRL, have they come out and said anything just yet where they, sta- where they stand on this Peter Beattie came out pretty quickly and said... Of course he no. did. <laughs> of course he did. He couldn't get in front of a camera quick enough, old Pete. <laughs> PB. Uh, the refs. Let's talk about some footy, mate. Yes. The refs. The refs. Um, it's, it's weird. Like, usually six weeks into a competition, mm. there's been one massive or two massive blow-ups and there's, yeah. like, let's tip it all on its head. Yeah. But none of that. So they yeah. must be doing an outstanding, not just a good job, an outstanding job. Well, when the biggest... Uh, issue with the referee was not to time out for an injured player or not. Not to like we, yeah. Anna McDonald's terrible injury. And we wish him all the best. That's probably a good season. And that's the issue. If we we didn't stop play, there's no been no real howlers, mm. um, none, no decisions that have uh, you know changed games or or been the difference in games. So they're going really good, and um, you know hopefully that continues. You've seen it firsthand. Yeah, Dad was the ref's boss. How yeah. much pressure is the oh, ref's boss? Awful, mate. And it's quite ridiculous how we feed the coaches at times because there's always going to be one coach who's filthy on the decisions. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we talk about we want to cramp, crack down in the ruck and it's, the, it's these committees that have coaches and players on it that wanted two referees and then it doesn't suit their team and they don't want two referees, you know? Um, it's these rules like we had wanted to crack down on all those penalties last year. That comes from within the game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's too many penalties so they're hammering the, <laughs> like the referees are doing what they're told. Uh, it's like this year they've certainly let a bit more go, which is great, and it makes the game more free-flowing. But you wait till one coach doesn't like it, he'll send in the tape of the footage where someone's a metre offside and it was, <laughs> yeah. until it doesn't suit them. And How so, many of those did your old man get? Oh, plenty of them. Like, he loved working with the refs, and he knows, you know, they're never perfect, and they're never going to be perfect. Do you no. reckon back in when there was one camera up in the top of the stand, when a bloke dived in the corner and the corner post went flying and the touchy just used to wave it dead. And, like, gee, he wouldn't have a clue. Like, you reckon Billy Harrigan would have never... Like, back then it was just... Like, no, but the, Bill, the difference between Bill and everyone else was that he acted like he knew. Yeah, exactly. And that and was, he it, sold it. And, and it, that's, he had the confidence too. But we've seen Bill as rest boss. He lasted 12 months and he got out of there as well. So <laughs> it's a job that's probably a thankless job. Um, I didn't mind it because... Anytime I had a decision go against me, I'd just be into them. You think you're going to have a job next week? You're just kidding. Wait till I get home. I'm telling the old man straight. No. Did no. anyone bite? No, they'd just, just laugh at me. I just annoyed them more than anything. No. <laughs> my teammates don't listen to me. The referees aren't going to listen to me. Could you get in your dad's ear about certain trends in the game? No, he doesn't listen to me either. It's, uh, I knew it was a hard job for him, so I I never wanted to apply extra pressure on him. And, and, mm. and you know, they're going to make mistakes because they're human, but... If you most games, I made more mistakes than the referees made, and and no one says anything to me, you know. But there's the thing though that no coach admits that after exactly. a game, no player admits that yeah. after a game. My old man would always say that to me. He goes, "Well, I, just, I seen you kick out on the full. That's like, you know, I might be saying, what about the ref? Our game, he he well, stuffed that, that this up. game against Newcastle, well, wasn't it? Which game? There's a thousand of them. I kicked out in the full, <laughs> and the old man would be going, "Well, you did that wrong, and I seen you knock on here, and I seen you miss a tackle there, and say so he'd be into me. And I go, yeah, you're probably right. Fair point. <laughs> it was probably easier for him to have a player as a. Yeah, exactly. The sun rather than rather than anything else. Um, probably the only thing tougher than a, a ref involved in just about any sport is being a coach. Mm-hmm. But you saw those scenes of uh, your face just screwed up there, so it's not on the cards for you, Finchie? 
Nah, more, more concentration. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you barely got through me asking that question. Instead of wondering, I've seen someone walk past the front door. And I forget. Yeah. Ma- Michael Maguire, those shots last Thursday of him going absolutely burko mm. when they scored the try. And fair enough. It, have you been on the receiving end of some oh. spontaneous uh, celebration yeah. where they've gone over the top or condemnation? Oh, where do I start? I've been sprayed my whole career. Ricky Stewart obviously comes to mind. Me and Stick had some great clashes. What, you Matt- bit back? Oh, yeah, I'd fire back, you know, especially when you're getting every week because eventually you go, <laughs> what about you? Are you you're the coach. You take some responsibility. <laughs> Gus got me a beauty one day. We, Gus come in and do a video session in 2000, 2005. I was at the Roosters. Gus just come in and took over the video session. Who was the coach? Sticky. So Sticky's filthy because Gus just comes oh, in. Oh, just whilst in? Just whilst into the video session. So we're all going And Ricky didn't know? Ricky, yeah, he just takes over. Ricky's, Ricky's filthy. Excellent. We're going, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> anyway, we had a few players out. I was playing pretty average. We played the Sharks. Friday night, we get beat. Gus is into me. Every time I touch the ball, amateurish. <laughs> the halfback's amateurish. Can I get a Can I get a halfback who's played professional rugby league? In, like, so, really? In front anyway, of everyone? In front of everyone. But I'd always... Like, that's why I probably carried on the field, because I'd take the bullets for most of the boys. <laughs> I'd see stuff which I knew wasn't my fault, but I'd take the bullets, so then I'd get off the, on the field and... Like sometimes I blow up at teammates and go, listen, you you can have me blowing up at you, but I'm covering your ass in the video room or we're through the media, so you suck it up. Anyway, um, Gus is into me. Anyways, towards the end of the game, and I just about had enough because he'd really give it to me for 75 minutes. And I put a grubber in and the ball stops half a metre from the dead ball line. Perfectly weighted kick. Big Sia Soliola, the Raiders forward, who's now was our centre at the time, he comes flying through and it's a wet, dewy Friday night in Shark Park. You've got to steady a bit, Sia. Sia just comes flying <laughs> through. Peach picks it up. Dave Peachy puts a little step on him. Sia can't stop, slides straight past him. Peach like runs about 40 metres the other way. And anyway, Gus goes, what sort of kick is that? And I've had enough. Like, I said, there's f- <laughs> nothing wrong with that kick, you know. It's perfectly weighted and Gus is obviously... I'm sitting behind because Gus is facing the screen, so I'm looking at Gus's back. There's nothing wrong with that kick, Gus. Perfectly weighted. Sue so should have made the tackle because I just had enough. Gus turns to me and, mate, Gus's head's had shades of pink, <laughs> purple, like that. His head. Look at the rainbow. Yeah, it was the rainbow. And it's usually the rainbow on a Friday night just commentating. Imagine, like, and he turned to me and goes, what did you say? Like, and spit coming out of And, mate, usually the blokes have a – boys have a laugh when a coach, you can see him – no one's saying it. Everyone's shitting themselves. And Gus just looks at me and goes, I'll have you back in Canberra quicker than I got you here, you smart mouth boy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, it's like those cartoons, you know how they're, they're stuck to the back wall, you know, all the wind goes past them. And uh, But, yeah, I shit myself on that one. I didn't say anything back after that to the great Gus. But no. Madge, like Madge loves the fire. I remember him in Wigan. We played awful. We got, we got beat. And you could see he was firing up his pace in the change room after <laughs> we've come in. And he's trying to calm himself down. You see he's walking around trying to, you know, because if you – sometimes you can spray us, but the message ain't going to care. Yeah. So he's sitting there and sits down and oh, he's calmed himself. He starts talking about the game to us and he's making himself more angry. You know, he's calmed himself down to talk to us, but when he's talking about our performance, mm. you can see he's starting to wind himself back up again because we're so poor. And <laughs> he's just stopped and puts his head down. He goes, I wasn't going to do it, but ah, – and just went, you, you, yours, <laughs> and went off on us for about – 20 minutes, it was gold. <laughs> but uh, that, on the other side of the coin, you've seen how excited he was when, when Cheekham scored the match winner. His high, the difference between yeah. his angry well, it's all, and his... All coaches, all of them. All of them? It, it, no one's been in the middle in well, terms of... Matty Elliott was pretty good. Yeah. 
But I seen Matty Elliott lose it once. It was early in, in Canberra. <laughs> We all Laurie Laurie Daly and, and Brett Mullins, Dave Fenner, all gone England or retired. So we had a young team. We lost about three or four in a row, and we're down about eight and nil at half time. And we're all sitting in the circle in the change room. Maddie comes in with a trash can <laughs> and dumps the trash can in the middle, like upside down. All the rubbish comes out, and this like the trash can was full. And he goes, "That's what you're playing like, <laughs> effing rubbish!" And like kicks, and the whole thing. He's going off this whole time. I'm just sitting there thinking. Who's going to clean up all this rubbish? <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can think about. Who's going to clean up? But um, Billy Ake was quite, quite, um, res- oh, not reserved, but to what you see in the coach's really? box. Yeah. He, he had an amazing ability. He looks like a damn lunatic. Yeah. Imagine being in the coach's box with him. Um, but when he comes down the sheds, he gets his point across really well. He obviously must. So he, he, he vents up there, gets leaves it up there. Comes down. Because you know, I'm sure early, uh, the boys say early days in his career, Mm. Probably bring that down, but that's all about learning and growing. Like, as if just like a player as a coach, and he's got an amazing message. He needs to be, you know, if we get a kick up the bum or if he sprays us, mm. you'd come off the field knowing we're going to cop this. So you know you're going to get it because you know you've played bad. Every other time, he's really good at. Yeah, this is what we need to keep doing. This is what we need to improve. This is what we need to, you know. It's funny how they, funny how coaches work. Yeah. The, the, the famous story of the great Socceroos coach and great football coach um, Gus Hiddink, mm. that when before a um, before a run of the mill game, whatever he'd be angry and he'd be on the players if they stuffed up in those games. He'd be filthy after yeah. it if they didn't. Even if the I mean the Socceroos beat Solomon Islands seven one, and after the game he was ready to quit because yeah. he was that angry about what he saw. But flip side, before a big game. He'd be calm, yeah. cracking jokes, showing players like well, he, 15 he, minutes before a game, he'd show players clips from 10 years ago mm, of famous goals and things no, like that. Not clips off WhatsApp group. We don't want to be shown. No. No, no, no. Yeah, well, Bellyache was like that because he, he knew the team was probably ready to go. You, you always sense, especially when you're in the good good teams and you're going, yeah. well, obviously the Socceroos were great under Goose during that period and Melbourne's been strong for a long time. There's always a sense of complacency. You think, oh, we'll just go out there and get it yeah. done now. But every game, doesn't matter if you win 50 nil the week before, you've got to start again every week. Sometimes you can place, you think, oh, we'll just pick up where we left off. But probably when when you're in a good team, you know if those big games, you, the coach gets a fair sense that the boys are ready to go, you know? The, yeah, the, they just know when to push the button yeah. and which button to press, that, yeah. the, the great ones. Um, what was England like? I forgot that you played in England, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it was great. Yeah? It wasn't as Social? Strong. Very social. <laughs> Man, I can... You can put me on a desert island by myself. I still find it social. <laughs> don't remember that. Yeah, I had a great time over there. I really struggled the first three or four months. Like it was the coldest winter in three hundred years. <laughs> like this country's only. Two Hang on, how do, how do they measure that? Well, three hundred. It was it was the first three weeks. It got above zero once. I remember it got to like three degrees one morning. I'm going. Whew, not bad today. <laughs> so you're watching Game of Thrones and going, yeah, uh, this is it, this it feels was, familiar. It was it was cold. I was on my own, um, which was tough. A lot lot tougher than I thought. Um, they, they didn't put me in some. The co- first accommodation I went into was pretty. Where were you? So you're Wigan. So Wigan. they put you in Manchester. I was in. No, I was in Wigan. Oh, so in Wigan. Wigan. Yeah. So Ooh. it was definitely a re- reality check coming from Port Melbourne. Go down to check out the sun, and, sunrise at yeah. uh, Wigan Pier. Well, <laughs> listen, the best thing was you, you're doing preseason, so you're in training at seven in the morning. You're out at four in the afternoon, and it's, you go to training. It's dark. And you leave training, it's dark. You know no, what I mean. We're doing preseason in the middle of winter. Yeah, it's it's cold, and you're getting flogged. And I was out of shape, and I sort of didn't want to be there because I was struggling to be away from home. And I'm not away from just on my own over on the other side of the world. I remember I wanted to move out of this accommodation, so I thought I've got to go look for another place. Sorted out on my own. Anyway, 
because we went to training at 7, started mm. training at 7, so you're there at 6.30, 6 o'clock, and it's dark and I'd leave at 3, 4 in the afternoon and it's dark again. I'm going to try and look at these houses. I'd have to drive my car up the driveway and, like, put the high beams on and, like... <laughs> And anyway, these neighbours, this neighbour come out with a bat thinking I was <laughs> trying to break in. All I do is just trying to look at this place. It was acceptable enough to live in because I couldn't see. It was, it was, every time I was outside a train, it was dark. And, or you'd go to, or it'd get dark and it'd be four o'clock. You'd go have it. You'd try not to sleep because you'd, you'd feel like it's midnight. It'd be four yeah. or five in the afternoon, you know. But uh, I really, the first year was, the six months was tough. But after that, really enjoyed it and mm. started playing good footy in a good team and, um, the competition's probably not as hard. The top teams were tough, but your bottom teams aren't, aren't as tough. So it was, it was really good. Did a bit of travelling and went around Europe whenever I got a weekend off. And not a bad joint Europe, is it? Yeah, it's great. A lot of the Wigan boys didn't travel. Like, I'd be saying, Friday night, boys, we're we going to Paris tomorrow or let's go to London or Ireland. Huh? They wouldn't even go out of Wigan. They wouldn't even go to Manchester, a lot of the locals. <laughs> so um, I did a lot of travelling on my own, which... Didn't bother me and probably didn't bother them either because it got me out of town. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we're going to take a short break and um, talk about what's on the horizon for our uh, this week's BF, Brett Finch, and also have a look at the round of footy to come. Yeah, so Brett, you're going to be a dad soon. You need, need tips for me. You need any tips? I'm, I need I'm, lots of help. The, the, I need tips on just being a man, let alone being a father. <laughs> I've str- just a human. I haven't struggled just the part looking after myself yet, <laughs> let alone being a partner, let alone being a husband, let alone being a dad. So Ooh, toss okay. it, anything you've got, throw it my way. So, well, I mean, you tell me, is there anything that you, you're curious about? I've got four. So yeah. I, I won't call myself an expert, but I'm managing just with yeah. the help of my wife who is an absolute expert in the field. Well, obviously, because it's all new, the, the thought of can I do it is like, you know, it's like I don't know if I can do this. You know, obviously, but you human nature to work it out. Well, there's seven... But things like working with on the amount of sleep and... Because I've been... Sleep's with, the key. Because before I met my wife, Ellie, I was single my whole life. Mm. So I met Ellie at 33. Wait, never had a girlfriend? Never had a girlfriend. Really? So I had a lot of fun. Nearly the 40-year virgin? Yes. Because <laughs> obviously yeah. you don't get to have sex out of marriage. You're yeah. exactly right. Sure, Brett. Um, yeah, so I sort of... You, you get... I wasn't a selfish person, but you get stuck in your ways. And hmm. so I'm, I was used to sleeping whenever I want. You know, so the thought of having... You know, obviously I can't wait to do it, but... Can I do it? What okay. if I got no, you know? So sleep's key. Yeah. So if you don't if you don't have a sleeper, that's going to set you back on your heels. So yeah. you just got to manage it. As so to- am I talking like blocks of sleep, or I'm not I'm not getting a straight good eight hours, am I? Yeah, no, no, probably not. It depends how much you want to help out. I mean, you don't have <laughs> you don't have the food supply early days. But I do want to help out. You do want to help yeah. out. So yeah, you, you get up. The one thing I will say, if, if the bub goes the bottle, yeah. just alternate. Don't both get up. It's yeah. stupid. Waste like, time. One of you being grumpy is better than two of you being grumpy the next morning. So mm. sleep is the key. I will say that the first three months is you've seen it firsthand. I don't think you've ever done it. I've watched it on television plenty of times. The first three months is like taking the first three hit-ups in Origin. Yeah. You're going to get smashed. Yeah. You know you're going to get smashed. But you're going to get back up. sleep. Yeah. Just everything's new. But you get back up. What about you, changing nappies and things? Yeah, like, that's What that's about easy. just... How do you know they're sleeping right and you're not – I'm you, not too sure if I can actually go to sleep because I'll be so nervous. Do I've got it oh, right? Oh, no, no, they'll be fine. Nothing's yeah. too tight. Nothing's yeah. too, Just put too, the baby monitor in. Don't have it in your room. Don't no. don't have the bub in your room. No, no that, that'll ruin your life. Put the bub in your – because they'll get used to yeah. it. Put the bub in another room. Put the baby monitor on. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll hear it. 
instinct yeah. will kick over. The thing of the fact that there's seven billion people on this earth, around about, yeah. and there's a fair few that have gone before. Yeah. Everyone kind of managed. Yeah. Just about. Yes, a few people about. had a few issues, obviously. Yeah, we've got plenty of support yeah. doing friends around. So. You'd be amazed that how much you don't care about having to clean shit off another human yeah. as well. Because like it, it gets to that point in the first one, I'm still, I think I might be a bit, oh, what's going on here? Well, wait. By the end, it's like, who cares? Four or five days in. Like they'll they'll hold it in and they'll just, just it'll just be like how how did how did a human do that? It's like one of the boys on Mad Monday. Yeah. Oh, okay, you got a story like that? No, you you weren't there that day with Nate Miles, were you? No, I wasn't with okay. Miles. Yeah. I was long gone. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, it um it's a it's a gravitational experience. Gravitational mm. in the sense that it um, keeps you grounded. Yeah, yeah. So if you just keep grounded day to day. Don't don't be in a hurry for yeah. anything. Well, some people said you don't get much sleep, and considering my last sort of four or five years of my life, <laughs> I didn't sleep much either, so I'll probably get more sleep than normal. Yes, exactly. I might be the only human that has a newborn baby and sleeps twice as much as he did before and saves more money. The, the lows come about because it's the, the unknown. You don't yep. know what, what – you can't talk. Yeah. But the highs, the highs. Amazing. Better than anything. Yeah. The smile and yeah. the talking and the well, yeah. playing around. Yeah. Obviously, Good. speaking to – like I'm probably the last of my – a lot of my mates to get married and have kids and whatnot. So you, you see those guys who you experienced grand final wins with and have played Origin and played mm. straight. Because that's before, Ellie, that's all I ever knew. Football was the only thing I ever knew. You see how they talk about then fatherhood and, and the birth of their kids, which just yeah far far outweighs anything else in life. So um, well, You would have seen some of your teammates, do you think, at... Like you're probably not suited to bringing a yeah, child into this well, earth. A lot of them, yeah, <laughs> and they've been able to do it. So if they can do it, you can yeah, do it. You're surely, right? So anything else? I'm, I'm no, here no, for you, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably. I reckon week one, I'll come back with a full list <laughs> of what I need to. Uh, so when are you job. due? You got names? Sixth of June. Names, all those things. Yeah, we're tossing a few around. It's going to be a baby girl, so we're excited. The um, I'll say you know. Yep. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. You have got a few names in in the um. In the pipeline there we're going through. So in yep. the end, I'll leave, I'm going to let my uh, wife, Ellie, make the final. She'll well, that's the, the thing, isn't it? Cruncher. She'll the, be the decision maker. They carried around for nine yeah. months. They kind of get Well, she's probably got a few more extra points on me there, doesn't she? <laughs> she's done a little bit more work than me. Uh, uh, you timed it well, though, in terms winter of baby. Having, winter baby. Winter baby. Yeah. The, the amount of sport on that's on overnight during winter. Yeah, something, yes. I didn't Wimbledon's, think of that. Uh, football, cricket Lords. Are we cricket, cricket, the World cricket Cup's on. The Ashes is on. Yeah. You're you're set. It's fantastic timing. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure you planned it around. Probably, <laughs> probably got something right, the timing of the birth. <laughs> this weekend's footy. So yep. uh, this this goes out, I think, on a Thursday. So um, tonight it's Sharks, Panthers. Yep. Uh, dogs. Oh, dog, what happened to them? Well, they had a big – they were up for a couple of weeks. They really got up for the storm. And you see a lot of teams who live for the storm – the effort the next week's a little down. Like racing so, winks. Yeah. The you next run. Put all eggs in one basket and there's not much left after that. So How good was that on the weekend, by the way? Winks. It's fantastic. Well, it just looks like it does it so easy. It's amazing. And yeah. when you hear other horses, other jockeys, sorry, go, I can't believe we just ran that time. Yeah. We had that acceleration. It looks like they're the worst horse. It looks like he's racing. Sorry, she's racing against terrible fields. Nailed against but the But then fence, you li- listen, I think it's Kieran McAvoy said, I can't believe the power uh, his horse yeah. had and the acceleration and the, how well it ran and it didn't even look like it. You <laughs> then go, well, well, we know it's special anyway, but how like how good could it be? Or it, could it could it win another Cox Plate? Uh, it could, but it's going to um, yeah. be a mum. So, but yeah. how long do you think yeah. it could keep going? Oh, 
I reckon and the thing too, about now, another probably, 12 months. Probably more relief for the jockeys and owners and trainers than actual celebration, isn't it? It's like, well, the other ones, yeah, because they've got a chance yeah, of actually yeah. winning something. But, but it's like more just staying yeah, yeah. out of harm's way. It's, well, you think you it's, see the pressure build every every race for the, the connections of Winks because of just the championships. You think of Hugh Bowman. He's never going to ride a horse as good. He yeah. knows that now. Well, you know, I've seen a great point. I think Richard Freeman said it on. We all hear about hard as big as far lap. Now, obviously, yeah. win it, but that's the. In our generation, that was the far, like, far lap was the iconic yeah. horse. Winks, you know, in 100 years' time, that's. Yeah. So, we're, you know, it's great that we got to see it. It's it sort of sometimes take it for granted that mm. she'll win again, but. There's 43,000 people there at Randwick, yeah. and one voice was heard over everything else. Quick little story. Before the race, Scott Morrison's just blown in out of nowhere. Maybe straight from Enganine. I'm not sure. <laughs> Enganine McDonald's. <laughs> I'm not sure. But he, he's come in and he's all happy. You know, he's campaign. Yeah. So he's in campaign mode. So you've got to take it with a grain of salt. He's waving his, flag, his Winks flag. He's smiling at everyone. He's doing all the interviews, doing all the right things as a politician should do before a, a, um, an election. And the, the uh, national anthem plays. So everyone stands up and sings the national anthem. And this is 10 minutes before the race. And then just after the national anthem, everyone claps. And then there's a little lull in it. And from the outer... There's 43,000 people here. From the outer, probably about 100 metres away, some guy yells out at the top of his voice, F*** you, Morrison! <laughs> That's gold. Everyone heard in, it. In that split second when there's silence. Everyone heard it. And you see Scott Morrison <laughs> flinch, kind of like go, I heard that. Uh, he should have waved his face. But he was still smiling. Yeah. Like he didn't know how to take it, but he was still smiling and just tried to pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Everyone knew it happened. It's like when the crowd goes, you're in a room and you're telling a story about someone across the room and the room goes quiet and you're... You say blurt that sentence out, <laughs> everyone hears. But this is that's in front of forty three thousand. That's oh, gold. It was an impressive, uh, impressive level of voice that he he reached. Um, grand final replay. Yeah, how we can figure that? As Massive. Well. Yeah, they they. Brett Finch I, I, Cup. It is. That's nearly every game this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, two probably two. Well, obviously, I still relate to the Storm probably the most, but the Roosters have always got a soft spot for. Why? Because you want to comp with uh, the Storm? Yeah. Person. Yeah, they're probably the two clubs I had the most success at. But did, didn't that null and void, don't you feel I like? Did. I did. Funny thing, it was about the only time in my career I wasn't getting paid under the table <laughs> and we got taken away. <laughs> uh, which brings me back to a Greg English story I've got to tell. Before. But, um, yeah, the Roosters, I've never seen the, the Storm beaten so convincingly in my time since I've gone NSS for 10, 15 years. Just they didn't land a punch, like in a big game. Grand final. Grand final. They were unbelievable, the, the Roosters. That was the greatest act of diversion yeah. I've ever seen yeah. in my life well, in the sporting field. Cooper's a look. Do you know what amazed me? Cooper had like one touch, three missed tackles, kicked the ball once, and he's a hero. I had those stats every <laughs> week for 15 years, and I'm a f- I can't play. I get kicked on. I get sacked. He does it. He's a hero. <laughs> I had those stats for 26 weeks for 15 years. Well, you should have played with an exploded shoulder. Oh, well, I did plenty of times. <laughs> uh, Dragons and Mighty Seagulls um, on Saturday night as well. Man, yeah. Four in a row. Yeah, that, They're going good, mate. Tommy Travojevic being out as well. And the um, I think the Dragons will get them down there. They're slowly building nice. They're a couple of... Golden Point wins and then a big win last week. Uh, Gold Coast, Newcastle, Canberra, under fire Broncos. Yep. And then, um, can't wait for this because it's, it's a great moment for... The Bank West. S- Sydney Sport. Bank At West. Bank West. Don't mix that up. Bank West Stadium. Um, what a stadium. My yeah. goodness. How good is that going to be when it's and packed? You know, Western um, Sydney deserves it, don't they? Yeah. And we need that boutique stadium. I don't know if boutique's the right word, but we've got the 80,000 and then we've got the suburban grounds. You know, we need yeah. the... You need the 20 to 30. Sydney, 100%, especially for our game, so... Blue and Gold Army, get out there.
Looking forward to that. Um, have you got that English story? Yeah, I do. Well, you, well, I can't tell it. We'll, yeah. we'll end it. We'll end this yeah. podcast. And this is for me. This is probably my favourite GI story. Um, he gets we, – we go in this, it's around the salary cap. So about a week or two after the salary cap's exploded, we're only about $19 million over the cap. <laughs> and like I said, I'm getting none of it, so that's why I'm filthy. <laughs> Um, that's how good they thought I was down there. They're 20 million over the cap and they're going, we're not wasting any money on this bloke. <laughs> He's getting minimum wage. So anyway, GI, we open the paper. So it's tele- Daily Telegraph up here, Herald Sun down there. Back page of the paper is GI opening his garage door with, and the boat's in the garage. Yeah. So this is on the back because I'm going to tell you. And so I've got media that day. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get asked questions. I go, Finchy, what about the GI's boat in his garage? That's obviously what Stomach said. No, no, no. I said, that's not... Um, GI's boat, it's his boat. And they said, no, that's the boat, it's Melbourne Stormgram. I said, it's not. What, I, don't know, I don't know what he's talking about. He's got his own boat. He goes, mate, there's a picture on the back page of the paper, GI's opening his garage and there's a boat in his garage. <laughs> I said, no, 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 that's his boat. He said, Finchie, it's not, it's, we know it's the boat. I said, no, listen, that's the boat he had to buy to get out to the boat that the Melbourne Storm gave him. <laughs> How'd he take that? Well, he, he laughed. The journos laughed as well. We needed something. We didn't laugh. We cried back then. But uh, he's one of the greats, GI, absolute champion. And well done, brother. Happy for you. Enjoy retirement. Now he can take you out in your boat. Now I can, on his boat. I can take you out in your Yeah, we can go out in the boat together. Come back about a week later. Fiji, thank you uh, for being BF this week. Thanks, mate. Not Brian Fletcher, me. but um, yeah, we'll have you back uh, whenever. Whenever Fletcher's on school holidays again. <laughs> exactly. Well, we have you back definitely after you'd be itching to probably get out of the house and get some yeah. fresh air um, after the bub comes. But yeah. best of luck I with that. I'll be back every week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Very exciting time, and um, yeah, it's going to be great. Good stuff. Enjoy Easter, everyone.